boss babe. I'd be willing to bet you've heard it before. Heck, maybe you even refer to yourself as one. And while there's zero shame in that, there is a major shift in identity that happens when you shift from considering yourself a boss babe and step into your role as CEO. That's the shift we're diving into in today's episode. We're discussing what it really means to be a founder and CEO of a company, plus how to start thinking in that way now. If you're ready to look at your business like a CEO with long-term vision and perspective, even if that feels like the furthest thing from where you are now, this episode is for you. You're listening to One Simple Shift, and I'm your host, Amanda Joyce Weber, the mindset coach and business mentor that believes it is possible to have a beautiful, balanced life and a successful, thriving business. In fact, what if success wasn't as complicated as everyone was making it out to be? What if the magic formula you've been looking for has been you all along? Each week, I cut through the noise and bring you one simple, actionable mindset shift you can implement today to completely transform the way you show up daily and the results you see because of it. All success starts with the right mindset, and it's time that you create the life and business you've always dreamed of. Let's get started. My guest today is Jennifer Marilla. Formerly known as the Social Girl Traveler, Jennifer started her business journey in February 2015 when she quit her corporate career to travel the world as an impact travel blogger. After experiencing over 44 countries and carrying clean water filters to developing countries, Jennifer discovered her passion for teaching others to grow profitable and impactful businesses with a real purpose online. Since then, she's built a successful six-figure mentoring business, and she's worked with brands like Microsoft, Skype, Google, Aruba Tourism, and Waves for Water. Through her courses and coaching programs, she's helped hundreds of women start their own businesses while teaching them how to build a business that supports their desired lifestyle while creating the results they dream of too. Jennifer, welcome to One Simple Shift. Thanks so much for joining me today. Oh my God, Amanda. First of all, what an intro. (laughs) Like, whoa, thank you. Like, I'm over here, like, blushing. I'm like, gas. Like, oh my God, is that me? Is she talking about me over here? (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I am so excited to dive into this conversation. And I just know that this is going to be so impactful and so insightful for listeners. So, we're going to have so much fun today. I read your bio, but why don't you tell me in your own words a little bit about what it is that you do and why you do it? Great question. So, I mean, I started what I started in 2015 because I was at a place in my life. I was working in a corporate office, tired of the day-to-day. I didn't feel like what I was doing had value. I worked for a marketing agency and by all means, I obviously provided value. I was an account manager and all the things, but like what I ultimately did didn't really matter. Um, And then prior to all this happening, I had something very traumatic that happened to me Um, at a young age, I lost my younger brother. And that really catapulted my vision for my purpose in life and really began to look at life very, very differently than most people, than most people would at in their early twenties. I lost my brother when I was 21. Mm. Um, And so for me, it was a very, from 20, I quit my job at 25. So from 21 to 25, it was a lot of really soul searching, um, a lot of grieving. It took me a long time to grieve the loss of my brother. Um, And so I was just in a dark place and 
I wanted more from life. I just remember that that was the most important thing for me is that I couldn't no longer do this day to day. Like I needed to have more and I needed it to mean more for me. Um, so I quit my job and I started traveling and I started carrying clean water filters to developing countries with the idea of helping other people. And then if I can bring brands along, that'd be fucking amazing. Right. Yeah. Totally. Um, I didn't think it was going to work and it did. <laughs> <laughs> You know, fast forward three years later, I had been on like the Huffington Post, I'd been on Forbes, I'd been on TV. It's just really, really great. And I, I hit a place where I was like, okay, I love this, but I'm also living out of a suitcase and I would love my own apartment again. When I realized I needed to just take a break was I had woken up in a hotel um, in China and I didn't know where I was for like a split second. I was like, I like jolted out of bed from a nightmare and I was like, where am I? And I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And then I was like, Jen, you're in China. You're alive. You're okay. <laughs> but like I had a solid moment where I didn't know where I was, what time it was. And it was, I was jet lagged. So I had come from California and I was yeah. in California working on a, a video. And then I was hired to go to China. And then from China, I was coming back to Florida to do another trip. It's like literally all over the place. Um, but that's when I realized like, oh my God, Jennifer, you need a fucking break. Mm. And I began to pivot into what I do now, which is ultimately teach women how to scale, how to build six figure online businesses. And I work with a lot of service providers. Um, and it's through their content, the way they show up authentically, um, what they're creating for their businesses. And then also their mindset. I think that's like the biggest thing that I've done. I have no background in psychology or anything like that. I, I've read a shit ton of books yep. and I also have like I, I do a ton of therapy um, and I've also healed a lot of my own wounds and things like that. And so that's, I think that's the biggest part of, of what we do in our businesses is, is catapulting our mind to believe in it, something first before we actually receive the results. Right? Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. So I'm so curious to hear what do you feel like has been like the biggest mindset shift for either you or your clients? The biggest thing, and most recently I'm on this like hiatus of talking about this because it's so important, is shifting from boss babe, and I say that in quotations, boss babe to CEO. And I know Amanda, I've like expressed this to you and I always like, <laughs> yes. you, you know it's coming. And anybody that's listening is probably going to be like, oh my God, she's so right. But like you've never heard another man tell another man, bro, you're such a boss, bro. Like you've never heard that you've heard another like you've heard men be referred as CEOs founders bosses but mm -hmm. there is no reference and like don't get me wrong I'm not shaming boss babes or anything like that like Amanda you're a boss babe I'm a boss babe like there's nothing wrong with that but there is a mental shift that happens when you stop looking at yourself as a quote-unquote boss babe and start looking at yourself as a founder or as a CEO because that shift is looking at things from a wider perspective with a long-term vision. You're not trying to make $5,000 months or $10,000 months just to hit that mark. You're looking at, okay, what is my quarterly revenue going to look like? How is this going to impact not only the people that work in my company on my team, but like the people around me, right? Like what am I putting out with intention? What is the bigger picture? And I think for me personally, and I know this is one of my clients as well, is seeing that shift, is seeing the, okay, my goal was to hit the $5,000 months or my goal was to hit the 10K months. I did that. Amazing. I'm seeing some revenue. I'm such a boss, babe, to holy shit. I know how to hit 10K months and I can definitely scale to 20, 30. I'm now scaled to 50 
I'm not a boss. I mean, I'm a boss, babe, but like I'm CEO. I run a company. Like I could potentially pay somebody a full salary based on the annual revenue if I'm making $50,000 a month, right? And I think we have a very distorted vision of that. And I think when when you ultimately step into being a CEO and a founder, you're looking at the bigger picture of things. You're not looking at how can I hit this monthly goal? That's just, I mean, you want to hit that monthly goal, but it isn't all you're dreaming and thinking about. Mm, so good. And I think that you're so right. Like the first time you said this, I was like, oh my gosh, she is so right. There's no like boss bro. There's no hashtag boss bro. <laughs> like, like it's not a thing, right? I literally looked for it because when I realized this, I was like, oh, this doesn't exist. Why don't we talk about this? Like, it's almost like, it's almost like they're teasing us. Like, oh my God, she's such a boss, babe. I actually, I actually went on a date with a guy two weeks ago, like totally off tangent. And he called me. He's like, you're such a boss, babe. And I was like, thanks. That's really sweet. And then he's like, and he's like, it's cute. And when he said it's cute, I was like, what do you mean? Mm. It's cute? <laughs> Like, like, a, like a puppy, like a bunny rabbit. And he was like, no, I just mean like, it's, you're so sexy. And you know, you're such a, you're such a boss, babe. It's cute. And I, I it took all of me, Amanda. To not slap <laughs> I was like, excuse me. I actually own a multi, like, I didn't say this but in my head. I was like freaking out because I wanted to slap the shit. I just kept my mouth shut. I'm like, not even worth it. You're not going to see him again. Like yeah. he's obviously teasing not you worth or the energy. <laughs> not worth the energy, but like, you don't hear that. Like, it's almost like it's like a cute thing, you know? Um, and while it's awesome, like, because it's an endearing word to call someone like you are a boss, babe, like you do own your shit. There is a different level. And then, and I think that's the level from making, you know, I'm making 10 K months to holy shit. I own a multiple six figure business. Like I could, I could impact the world. I could take this business and I could invest in so many things. Like I could build schools in Africa. Like I could take up, like you can, think of huge, huge things. And I think that when, when you begin to, to think like that as, as a CEO, that's when you're like, it's a different, it's a different arena. Well, it's a different, even just in talking about it, it feels like a different caliber and a different energy. Right. And I think that that's kind of the shift that you're talking about there is, is more the intention behind it, more of the, just playing at a higher level and, and being in a different energy. And I think that that's one of those things that is so mindset based, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's almost like that, you know, on paper, there's nothing different between a boss babe and a CEO, right? Like you could be raking in like, you know, the same amount of money, but it's a total energy shift. It's a total desire shift, a total like income level, like, energy behind it. And I think that's fascinating. So I'm so curious, did you have a moment where this shift felt really apparent in your journey? Was there like a moment in your business that struck you where you were like, okay, I can't play at this level anymore. I have to like step up here. For me, it happened when I was, when I hit, when I started hitting consistent, I think it was like 30 K months. And I had all this money coming in and I was like, oh, what do I do with it? Oh, I'll get a new cow. I'll do this. And then I kind of paused for a second. I'm like, no, wait a minute. What, the, what freeze? And I had a moment where I was like, John, you, what is the point of what you've created? Right? Like who is the person you want to become in this world? And how do you want to show up? How do you want to be seen? What's the legacy you want to leave? And for me, um, well, I love what I do and I don't think I'll ever stop teaching or being a mentor 
Mm-hmm. Um, there is a level of that that is greater. Like I want to reach more people, right? It's potentially be on stages. I mean, I've been on stages, but at a much higher level, mm-hmm. publish a book, do all those things. And so for me, it was like, okay, that is amazing. But what are you going to do it about? And what's the impact going to be about, right? Mm-hmm. And that for me was the biggest thing. It's like, you make all this money. How, how do I plan to just share it? whether that's donating or charity or whatever the case is. And it just, it ultimately was this huge shift about coming down to the bottom line of my business. And like, I was spending a lot on team, right? My Mm -hmm. overhead was huge. And I was like, it doesn't need to be this much. Like we need to cut back. We need to cut back, not because I want to keep this money, but because I want to reinvest into this company. I want to do different things. And, and, And it was literally having that mental conversation with myself of like the vision of who I want to become in the world for the, the grand scheme of things. And then how do I make that happen today? What are the steps I need to take? And it was no longer, I'm going to hit 30K months. It was, oh my God, I want to hit half a million. I want to hit 800,000. I want to hit a million dollars. You know what I mean? And it was mm-hmm. like projecting that for the future. So for people listening, can you explain to us what your business model looks like just to give a little more context behind the 30K months and kind of what goes into that and what team looked like when you're talking about cutting back there? Yeah. Um, So I have an OBM, I have a manager um, and I have a content manager. I have a copywriter. I have a YouTube manager. um, I have a tech guy. I have a bookkeeper and then I run Facebook ads. Did I miss anyone else? Oh, and I have a graphic designer. Can't forget my graphic designer. So I have a a pretty solid team. All these people are contract-based, but my OBM will soon be a full paid time employee. Mm -hmm. And so that's really exciting. And that's obviously freaking amazing. And I'm excited about that. But I have products and services. And so I do used to do one-on-one. I'm now pulling away from one-on-one, but I also have masterminds and I have retreats and I have coaching programs, group coaching programs, and I have courses that people buy. So I have like a a product suite of products that people can buy based on where there are, where they are in their entrepreneurial journey. Cool. So when you're talking about, um, like pulling back on those team is that the team the like the team you went down to essentially or was that like where you were at basically I found myself paying more than I was was it was Warren Buffett who said that when you start making money the secret to making more money is maintaining a simple lifestyle as much as possible and I mean hey look we're humans when you make a little bit of money of course you want to go ahead and like you you want to spend it yeah and I'm (laughs) I'm not the spender that's like, oh, I'm going to go buy like a Chanel bag. Although I, I do want to get a Chanel bag. Like I've been looking at one, but I won't <laughs> do it until I've like, until I've like fully rewarded myself to a certain level. But I'm the kind of person that is all about experiences. So I will mm-hmm. blow mm-hmm. a fuck ton of money on a weekend, yeah. you know, at a location, at a major spa in New York city. I also live in a very expensive area. So like living here costs a lot of money. And yeah. so you have to recognize that there is, yes, you can pull back and you can budget, but the ego really steps in. And so it takes, it takes, I mean, hey, look, I've dropped this ball a thousand times, but it definitely takes someone to be like, okay, I'm going to live like this for the next six months and I'm not being cheap or anything like that. Like I'm comfortable. I'm happy so that I can make this much and then I can be extremely comfortable and happy. And then I can like do whatever I want to do. Um, but I think what tends to happen when you start to make money, you're just like, Ooh, how do I spend it? <laughs> yeah. No, this is like a fascinating conversation. I honestly don't think enough people talk about this because I yeah. think that there is like, there is this perception that 
the more money you make, the more money you spend, right? And I think maybe yeah. it's not even perception. I think that's just generally what ha- tends to happen, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think that that is, it's something that's super interesting that I've definitely had to check in with myself over because for a while I thought like the more money I, like I almost couldn't trust myself to make more money because I thought that I would just like go wild, right? Like I would just like start spending irresponsibly crazy everywhere. No one would be able to stop me from swiping my credit card, right? Like, and I think that like logically in my brain, I know that like I would probably notice that going on before I got to that point. But I yeah. really think that there there was like a, a definite fear there around trusting myself to make more and not not blow it all, right? Not okay. that I'm someone who has a habit of doing that, but I, I mean, fears aren't always logical. And I really, yeah. it was an interesting exercise where I really had to check in with myself and say like, Okay, cool. So when I hit X milestone, what do like what am what will I spend money on? What will that even look like? What is important to me? Like, quite honestly, I will probably shop at Target like forever. Like I just really enjoy it. Not gonna lie. (laughs) This all this whole outfit is a Target purchase, like a hundred percent. I love it. I totally love it. it. You know, I think it's also a lot of it, our industry, right? Um, and especially in the online space, it's all about show. Um, and so we see people at a very different level of success and they're talking about, you know, their cars and their homes and their Ferraris and their Chanel bags and all this stuff. And that's amazing. And like, that's not to say that we shouldn't want those things or anything like that. But I think for the people that are climbing up that ladder, when they see stuff like that, they automatically think that in order for them to make more, they need to spend more. And I think mm-hmm. it's a mm-hmm. check in. And I think that's when you begin to look at your business from, okay, I am a boss babe, but like, I also am a CEO, right? Like what is the, what is your ultimate intention with this business that you're creating? Like you're just doing this for shits and giggles or like, or do you plan to grow a company where you have a full team that you're paying with salary, with benefits, like, and that's, and I think that's a question that some people really have to ask themselves. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that it's just such a worthwhile thing to check in with simply by way of you're right. Like we do see so much of that. And quite honestly, there's always going to be someone further ahead, right? Like there's always going to be someone spending more money, <laughs> buying more of the expensive things, making more money, like the whole thing. There. You'll totally get there eventually, right? It's just yeah. a matter of time. Yeah. Well, I mean, not even, I think like, I mean, there's always going to be someone one step behind. There's always going to be someone one step ahead, right? So I think that's kind of that moment where you get to check in and be like, okay, cool. Like, what, like, what is it that I actually want? Because if like, if you're making money, you're not spending it on things that you actually desire or things that are enriching your life or making it better. And like, you talked a lot about experiences and I really relate to that too, because like, I would so much rather spend money on an experience than like, I don't know. I can't even come up with something like a handbag. Like, I mean, I would rather go to like a really good restaurant and have a delicious meal with my best friend or my, my family and like pay for that and like have that whole experience than like blow it on a materialistic item or something like that. But that's my personal preference, right? And I think it's fine if the people listening to this too are like, oh no, like give me the handbag. Like the point is more to check in with yourself and be sure that those purchases are aligned and that you're actually, you know, in enjoying the money that you're making and spending it in a way that enriches your life, not 
for the sake of like showing off or for the sake of thinking you have to if you're making a certain level of income. So I love that Warren Buffett quote. That's amazing. Like I haven't heard that before. Forgot where I heard it from, but it was like the secret to wealth is that you live below your means for a while. Like you basically don't try to match your lifestyle with the money that you're making, which obviously makes sense when you really think about it. But it's just like, do you really want to do that? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, sure. But like, again, this whole shift that we're talking about from like boss babe to CEO, like, I think that people who really truly desire to be in that energetic place of CEO are Mm -hmm. thinking of their lifestyle, are thinking of their business from that kind of long-term game, long-term approach, long-term growth, right? And I think that that's like, that's part of what we're doing here, right? Like, I think that that's just like fascinating. I don't know. I love it. So, so tell me more about your journey and kind of coaching your clients through this shift and really thinking about the stepping into CEO role. Like where do they get most hung up or where does this really come into play? I think that the biggest turning point when we're talking about creating the shift is asking yourself one question what is the vision? What is the intention behind what you're creating? And it, and it's gotta be deep, right? It's not like, Oh, I want to, you know, save money to buy this car. Well, that's really important as well. And like, we acknowledge that the bigger picture of things, right? Like, where do you, where do you want to stand? What do you want to create? Um, and the thing is that there's no shame in saying, honestly, like, yeah, I want to scale to a million, but like, I don't want to have to pay somebody a full salary and I don't want to have a team of more than two people. That's totally okay too. Like, yeah, that's 100% okay. Okay. Like if you're scaling to a million and you only have a team of two people, like, okay, tell me how you do it. (laughs) I don't know how you do that because your overhead's low, which means that you're taking home a lot of money, which is what I want to know. So I think, um, yeah, it's really coming down to that simple question. Like what is the bigger picture? What is your intention behind who you want, what you're creating right now? And is who you're creating matching that person you're you're being right now? Um, and I think we get stuck in this rat race of, I need to hit my 10K month. I need to hit my 10K month. I need to, I'm not making it. I need to hit this quota, this and that. Um, and again, that is really important because obviously, you know, you have to scale. But when you start shifting out of that and you start thinking the bigger, you know, the bigger scheme of things, it begins to change. And then also a company, like if you want to build a company, who's going to be part of this company? Like that's the other thing as well, that it's not just about you. Like now I'm, I'm potentially, I mean, I I have a team of, you know, six people, right. And now I'm potentially going to have these people and I'm going to pay them a salary every month. Right. Or I'm going to pay them every month. And then it's like, what is the community? What is my mission as a brand? If somebody, you know, 10 years from now, I have a team of 50 people. What is the rigorous hiring process? Who are the kind of people I want to be part of this team? Are going to be sitting on strategy calls with me? You know, when I have to get on stages, like who is going to be back there to back me up? And those are the things that you have to think of. Obviously, if your intention is to, you know, be the next Tony Robbins or something like that. And I think that's, that's the question you have to think of is who are you going to be? And does that person match you today? Oh, good question. I love that. So I'm trying to remember back. I know when we had talked prior to this call, we had been talking 
All I remember was you giving me an example that was something along the lines of like Starbucks and talking about like, what would you physically sell in a store or something like that? And I cannot remember what we were like, what the point was. Do you remember what we were talking about? Okay. I know what it was. It was because we were talking about being a boss babe in an industry that isn't, I mean, obviously people respect us but we're still not fully respected because there isn't, you're not getting a certain, like you're not going to college and you're not saying like your, your degree is not like an online business owner. Like it's either a lawyer, a doctor, a bachelor's in science, a bachelor's in marketing, whatever. Like, and so this industry is very new. And so I've, I mean, I've spoken in a few universities. Um, and one of my dreams is to be a professor Ooh. at a university and teach an entrepreneurial class. Um, but you don't get a degree in this. And so psychologically speaking, we're wired to work for a corporation. And so here we are in a generation where people are like, I'm going to get online and I'm going to sell my talents and I can, you know, spit fire. Okay, great. Like I'm going to sell that. That's what I'm going to do. And it's harder and harder for people to like understand that over time. I think it's gotten a lot better over the years, but when I started, (laughs) like telling my family and telling my friends, like, this is what I'm going to do. They looked at me like I was fucking crazy. Like Jennifer, (laughs) you have a degree. You have two degrees. I had a master's as well. And they were like, you like, why would you just quit your job to like be in the online space and become of all things, a fucking travel blogger. Right. (laughs) And then I was like, he's like, this is going to work. Like, I know this is going to work. Um, and I believed in myself. Nobody pretty much did, but like, I was like, this is going to work. And it did. But my point was that it's it's part of this this mentality of just because it's not a physical brick and mortar, because it's not a physical shop, you're not going to a nine to five. You're literally walking out of your bedroom, maybe putting on a bra and then sitting in front of a computer and selling whatever packages you have. You could be selling a $20,000 $20, package. Like it's still a business. And I think that is where people are like starting to wrap their heads around. And that's what the Starbucks reference was. It's the same thing. Like you and I, we have a Starbucks. We just have different products and different flavors. That's it. To our coffees. And that's exactly what we're creating. It's just not a physical place. It's more of an online space. And do you think that's going, I mean, I already feel like that's way more mainstream than it used to be. I think that like, especially like digital products, courses. I feel like a lot of people can wrap their head around that more than they ever have been able to before. Yes. But I'm curious and like, I don't know that I've given this a ton of thought, but I wonder like where that's going to go. I wonder if that's going to become even more mainstream over time or if we're going to see like, like, I don't know, even just a bit of a backlash on the whole online products thing or whether that'll go on forever. I don't know. Thoughts? I don't know. I think that's a great question. I I personally think it's going to keep going. I just think it's going to evolve to the next level. What that looks like, I have no idea. I have a feeling that it's more virtual reality. I think video is the next step. So I wouldn't be surprised. And, and this is probably like, maybe I shouldn't say this. It's going to be like a million dollar idea. <laughs> it probably already exists. What am I talking about? Um, but maybe it's going to be like something of, instead of like a digital product that you buy, more of like a, you know, a classroom that you join or something like that. Or I think it's, I think virtual reality augmented reality, even though it's already come out and there's big things happening, I think that's going to be the next level of what digital courses are going to be. Um, yeah. People are looking for more community. And because the truth is that the, the best thing about an online space is that you're not just selling to your your street or your neighborhood. You have the entire world, right? And so the autonomy, the expansion is huge and you can have that. 
And I think that's the most beautiful thing about being in the online space. Even when you connect to people on social media, like Amanda, you and I have never physically met, but like, right. we, I feel like I've met you seven times already. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. <laughs> you have this like connection, like, oh yeah, this is what she does, you know? And so I think that it'll be another level of it. And I just think it's going to like up the game, but I don't think it's going anywhere. Yeah, it's super interesting. I tend to agree with you. I don't think it's going anywhere either. And I think that like, if anything, I feel like after the pandemic and what like Mm -hmm. everyone experienced during that, like we're just realizing that we don't necessarily have to be in the same physical space to make these kind of connections, to learn these things, to run our businesses. Like so much moved online during that time. And it's kind of like an interesting balance between the two because you and I have both said like we love spending money on experiences, right? Like that feels really important to us. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's like something super interesting there where it's we're running these online businesses that I would love to know if we could ever get to a point where it's the depth of experience that you can get in person, right? I think a lot of people got burnt out over Zoom. I think a lot of people like were, were kind of like feeling the effects of just moving everything online. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's human nature for us to the way we are created as beings is like, we need to be with other people. Like it's actually very unhealthy if you live alone and like, you don't see anyone else. Like that's dangerous, not only for your mental health, but your physical health. Like you need the endorphins of hugging someone, like hugging someone changes somebody's like chemical, you know, brain chemistry off the charts. They did studies on like hugs and how powerful they are. Like can take somebody who's like extremely depressed and if you can hug somebody for 30 seconds, which 36 is a long fucking time to hug somebody. <laughs> to hug someone, yeah. You can literally change their brain chemistry into a happy place, which is a beautiful thing. And that's what makes us human. So I think that experiences won't ever go away. And I think the value of a personal experience is going to go through the roof. Because I don't know if you feel this, Amanda, but like my clients, um, even though we're virtual, I offer a lot of in-person stuff and things like that. There is a level of trust and authenticity and experiences that they love with just being with me here. Like as you and I are right now on video. Right. Um, and obviously that multiplies and amplifies when you're in person, but it's interesting that like it's valued so much more now, even if it's just on zoom, like people are getting paid to speak on virtual conferences. Right. And not just like a hundred dollars or $300. You're talking about like, you can easily get like seven grand for a gig online or something like that which is really, that's pretty nice, you know, I wouldn't cry about it, you know? So, <laughs> so like, I just, I think it's going to change our perspective. I think it already has. I think COVID just accelerated the process. That's what I think COVID did. I definitely think that's true. And I also think that the, the level of depth that you can go in person, like having met someone in person, it's just like, you just can get deeper so much quicker. I think that's a big difference that I notice. I think that like, yeah, we can get deep on zoom calls. We can feel like we know someone it's like, I mean, it was the telephone before zoom existed, right? Like if we want to go old school there. Right. But, But I think that that's true. Like, I think that almost like the depth of experience of in-person is, is just definitely shifting there. So much of what we've talked about on today's episode goes back to mindset. And heck, 
I know that it can be difficult to even think about stepping into your role as founder and CEO when you're not even sure how you're going to land that next client or go from barely making enough to making more than enough money in your business. What I know to be true is that if you're not getting the clients you want, then your mindset is definitely playing a part. That's why I'd absolutely love to support you on my free Sincere Sales Coaching Call so we can get to the root of your biggest mindset challenge around sales so you can land that first or next client with more ease than ever before. Head over to amandajoyceweber.com slash sincere sales and grab a time that works for you because I only do a limited number of these each week. So for someone who is looking to make this shift, I know we talked about really like tapping into that purpose and really getting clear on what that kind of bigger vision is there so that they can see that trajectory. But do you have any like concrete exercises or like something someone could do like today if they want to get closer to like stepping into that CEO energy and role? Well, the first thing I would tell my clients to do or what I have told my clients to do is to find the time and space. So that means like a day where you're not busy with calls, team, clients, whatever, probably need like an hour, just ground yourself, like fully like sit in a meditation, ground yourself, acknowledge where you're at. I would start to journal on where you are today and how you're feeling about your business and what's going on. And then I would envision the future of where you want to take it. And I would write it. And I'm not talking about like, oh, I want to be the next Tony Robbins. I would be like, I wake up and I do this, like fully map out your day if you are this version, right? And then reflect on how the two, based on where you are today to the future you, don't match and what is missing. And then what you find, whatever list is. So maybe it's like, you need to create better boundaries. You need to be ruthless about your time. That was the other thing too. It's like, I say ruthless about your time because it was really like scaling back with team in terms of what they were actually getting done. And if it was adding to the bottom line Mm -hmm. and I know, Mm -hmm. but the truth is, is that when you run a company It is a lot cheaper to continue to work somebody than to hire somebody new. However, you only stay if you're moving the needle in the business. Like, I'm not going to continue to pay you if you're just like standing there, you know, playing thumb war with yourself. Like, you're not adding any support to me whatsoever. So I think that's getting really honest with yourself. Like, if you're at that place where you have a team and you know that you somebody on your team probably shouldn't be there, I mean that. Like, having those boundaries, like really finding the perfect person for that job. Yes, it might take a while. Yes, it might be really annoying, but when you find that person, it's fucking amazing and it feels really good. And then it goes back to being ruthless about your time, really like doing the things that brings in money. I think a lot of us waste our time doing all the things. Like when I got my first OBM, I felt such a weight off my shoulder and it was such a difficult transition for me to pull away because Mm. I was so used to running the show. So while I wasn't doing everything, I was still managing everyone. And that is so freaking exhausting. And that isn't my job, right? Like I shouldn't have to do that. As a CEO, your job is to sell, to bring in money. And how do you do that? You do that through content and you do that through sales. Those are the two things you should be doing. And both of them essentially bounce off each other. So if you're not doing that, then you need to sit with yourself and you need to check in because obviously something isn't working, right? And you have a team then that something isn't working. And so I think being ruthless with your time, really checking in with yourself, asking that question, like, are you doing what's making you money or are you just doing to do? 
And if you're doing to do and you don't need to do it, then check in with your team. Hire the people that need to do it. And then come back to yourself with, okay, I need to do sales. What does that look like? I talk about a lot, and I don't know if you've ever heard me say this, but I talk about doing the 1% in your business. And it's checking in on your clients, your cash, and your, your content every single day. And like on days that you don't feel like doing jack diddly squat, like just doing that 1%, checking in on your clients, your content, and your cash in your business will bring in the cash flow to make it easier for you to be like, okay, I, I run a business. Like, cause we all have those days. Like it's normal to like not want to do anything for a day, but that's honestly, if I can give some tangible steps, that would be it. I think that filter is amazing. I hadn't heard you say that before, but like the clients, cash and content, mm-hmm. like, holy shit. Like everyone take that, like write it down on a post-it note, put it somewhere you see every day because I've totally been there, but like, it's so easy to get so far away from that. Right. It's so easy to be like, I have to invoice this person or I need to have this conversation with the content manager. Like, okay, that's very important as well. But can that something your OBM could do? Right. And I think we forget like when you run a business, especially if you are the face of the brand, you need to think about sales. Like you're the only thing you need to think about is how do you bring in money? How do you make sales? Don't worry about how your brand looks. If your logo feels funny, if your social media content isn't proper, like, you know, your content manager didn't send you the approvals or whatever. Like I get that, that frustrates the shit out of me too. However, the bottom line every single day is that you make money some way, shape or form. And it could be through content. So maybe that is putting up an amazing post to sell a freebie or to like have people opt in for a freebie or to sell a low level product, whatever. When I say cash, I mean, check your cash flow. A lot of my clients have come to me with like, Jen, I'm not making money. I'm scared to even open up my bank account. Totally. I get that all the time too. I was like, I totally get that. Like 100%. But you have to face it because you need to know where it's your money. It's an energy exchange. Like where do you plan to, to spend it? If you're not, if you're not willing to face it, right? It's also a problem that doesn't go away. Like, I think that sometimes like we think like, oh, it'll sort itself out. And it's like the money, the money one doesn't, like it it doesn't sort itself out. Like you have to actually know like what is coming in and what is going out so that you can make better business decisions. Like it doesn't go away. And that goes back to being a CEO. When you know how much money you have coming in versus going out. And the secret is to have as little as much as possible going out. (laughs) You want to keep as much as possible for those days, for those rainy days, you know, for those days that you don't want to do anything. You don't have a big cash month. You know, that happens in businesses all the time. Um, It's the ebb and flow. It is what it is. It's so interesting to me because so before I pivoted to coaching, I have a background in branding and design and when I would work with those clients, I'd book like 10K website design projects. And there was such a vast difference between the clients who would like take that and run with it and like absolutely explode. Like, you know, they're on HGTV, they're getting products in anthropology, like freaking explode because of that brand. And the clients who would have a really pretty website and it would like basically fall flat. And essentially what that went back to is exactly what you're saying. The people who exploded were so focused on how, like, how am I bringing in cash? Like, how am I selling? How, like, they were so focused. Their mindset was so focused on that piece. How do you expand? How do you expand? How do you grow? And guys, whoever's listening, it's not just about social media, right? Like, it's about getting on podcasts. It's about being on stages. It's about hosting workshops. It's about 
And if you're like, well, that's all wonderful, but like, I don't know anybody. That's not true. You know someone. Yeah, it's true. Down, <laughs> like, sit down and think about the industry. Think about your warm audience. Think about your leads. Like, and there's a level of hustling that has to happen. And I hate to use that word because I'm not a fan of it. But it's ultimately true. Like the best entrepreneurs are constantly hustling. Like, I don't know about you, but I am constantly thinking of ideas, of innovative ideas, not only for my brand and my business, but even for my clients. Like my one-on-one clients that I do have pay me a lot of money, but they pay me a lot of money because I'm always like, oh, I can connect you with this person and we could do this. And then that can bring you to this stage and you can be on this podcast, right? So I'm amplifying their brand and their name. It's not just, oh, we're going to create this product. We're going to sell it. We do that too. And we do more. Right? Like my job is to make sure that I am bringing in money as a CEO in order for me to pay everyone. And so that they can feed their children. I need to pay them. It's funny because like hearing you say that so like candid like that, I guess, mm-hmm. is like amusing to me because most people don't actually say that out loud or they don't think it that far forward. Right. And that's essentially like what you're here to do. If you're paying employees or paying your team, like your job is to make sure that can happen, right? And I think that that's kind of like an interesting facet of it too. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of personal responsibility that comes into play there. And like, this isn't to like add an immense amount of pressure to anyone right now. Yeah, yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. it is a very like interesting perspective because again, that is that shift of like, boss babe, just me to yeah. like being the CEO with a team who has responsibility, who is in that energy. You know, what's coming up for me, Amanda is, um, I know somebody will be listening and they're like, I just started, like, I don't have a team, like I'm making money or maybe you're not making money at all, but I want you to think like this anyways. And I want you to think like this anyways, because it's preparing for the future on an energetic level. It's something I wish I would have done. My mindset was very much like, Oh, I can do it on my own. I'm going to be fine. It's going to be great. Like I can do it on my own. I can do those social media posts. I can write the newsletter. I can change the website. I can do my logo. I can get on a sales call. I can close a deal. <laughs> we can keep going. Yeah, I, we, can, we could literally keep going. I was like, I can also be the lawyer. Like, I can do it all the time. Um, like, straight up, fun fact, I used to, when I first started my business, I had a fake VA. I didn't have a VA. I couldn't pay a VA. I didn't have money to pay a VA. But I would answer emails as a VA. As so a like, VA? Okay, just... Because it got me in the mindset of like, I am going to hire someone one day and I'm going to make that money and it's going to start today. Even if I don't have it, like it's going to start today. And so it's really important. So if you're listening and you're just starting out and you're like, I want you to think of the future of that because it brings it back to, I need to make money today for myself. At the end of the day, like your success comes from your own selfish reason. And, and I, I wish there was another word for selfish because I think people have such a negative connotation to being selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think selfish is a wonderful word. I don't think you can serve from an empty cup. And, it, and, and as a CEO, your responsibility is not only your corporation, your name, your clients, et cetera, but it also is the community that you built. And that means your, the, the community that you pay. And that means the community that you intentionally talk to every day. And so in my case, it's my social media platform, like giving that time, that space to be there, having my team, hearing them out, doing all those things. And when you're a CEO, you're thinking about all those things. You're not just thinking about how am I going to pay, but it stemmed from how am I going to pay Jennifer? Because that's where it stemmed, right? My very first course was an $11,000 launch and it stemmed from, I need to feed myself. I need to pay a debt. And I also want to save some money. 
So like it stemmed from me being selfish and which is a beautiful thing because it ultimately grew into this. We all start from that place, right? Like this isn't, you can't really skip that step. Like most people (laughs) have to make sure their own basic needs are met first as they're growing their business. Otherwise you're not quitting your job. You're not, you know, hiring a team member. You're not hiring what, whoever, right? So I think just remembering too, like, I mean, it started from a selfish place, but like, that's what allowed you to get here. That's literally how we've created these businesses. Exactly. And I think people shame that though. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Like, no, I'm not selfish. I mean, you know, give my money away. And that circles back to how you're spending your money. Like it's okay to keep some of it, right? It's okay to like, I actually don't want to do that. And I I would prefer to keep a little bit of it so that I can do this long-term or whatever the case is. Um, But that's all part of the the mental shifts that happen when you see that like aha moment of like the bigger picture. Yes. I love it so much. So if people love what they heard from you today, where can they find you? Um, They can find me at Instagram at Jen Marilla. Um, My website's being redone, so there's nothing there, but you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on YouTube. I drop videos every week. Um, Everything is Jen Marilla, so yeah. Beautiful. All right, guys, you heard it. Definitely go hang out with her there, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Amanda. This was so fun. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Thanks for listening to One Simple Shift. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at amandajoyceweber.com slash one simple shift. If you're loving this podcast, do me a favor and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. These reviews truly mean the world to me, helping me to reach more people and have more impact. And as a special thanks, we'll reach out to everyone that leaves a review and you'll receive my absolutely free life and business changing future you meditation. This mindset exercise is the simplest, easiest way to tap into future you today and start being that woman now. I only wish I had a visualization exercise like this when I first started my business and now it's available to all of you. Simply screenshot your review and email it to me at amanda at amandajoyceweber.com to receive your free meditation. And remember, Sometimes the only thing standing in the way of a more profitable business and a more fulfilling life is one simple shift. She's part of Jen Marilla and what this is, right? And this name and like what I stand for and what I envision. Sorry. You can hear that, right? That's fine. And my dog is starting to freak out at the same time here. So... (laughs) (laughs) Um, so what was I saying?